For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. How many times this team rips my heart out? I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. And what's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. We've got a jam-packed show for you. We just came back from Dodgers Stadium. We were at an event where Mookie Betts taught financial literacy was a part of this workshop, a really awesome event. Asked Mookie a couple questions. We'll get to those in just a second. Also, James Paxton, the Dodgers, reworked his contract, modified his deal a little bit. We'll tell you why in just a second. We're going to talk about a restaurant in Brooklyn that was trolling Clayton Kershaw. Thoughts on that? So welcome into the show. A little bit of a later show today. We know you're used to the morning Dodgers dugout live, but we were at Dodger Stadium at an incredible event Mookie Betts was there. His wife was there. A great event. He had three high schools there asking great questions about financial literacy. And hey, no one spends money better than the Los Angeles Dodgers. So a great place to learn about spending money at Dodgers Stadium. Now, of course, we have our Dodgers dugout live poll question of the day. And today's poll question, I asked you guys over on Twitter, if you want to go join and vote on it, it is what kind of season is James Paxton going to have for the Dodgers I asked you, elite, good, average, and bad. 7% of you said elite, 47% said good, 43% said average, and 3% said bad. I think you're going to get good. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be above average. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the train wreck dumpster fire that we saw with Noah Syndergaard last season. We will not be seeing that, but... Let's get into these comments here. We got hot take. Dodgers are really good, but the Braves are just as good, and they are fired up because of this Dodgers offseason, and that is scary. Jay underscore smooth wants to marry you. Okay, what's up? What up? Uh, Torrance reporting. What up, Torrance? Yeah, let me know where you represent Dodgers Nation from. Put those cities down below in the comment section. Also, add Dodgers. At, uh, met a couple of you Dodgers fans today at Dodgers Stadium. Want to give a shout-out. Met Ray. 
Jordan, the tour guide, Ray, was really cool. We pulled up to Dodger Stadium. We didn't know where to go. And Ray said, okay, there's DMAC. Let me show you. And he gave us a private little Dodgers tour. He had some fire takes about Walker Bueller, about the rotation. So shout out to Ray. Also, a couple of other Dodger Stadium employees that we met a few hours ago. Want to give a shout out to as well. They were really cool. They are big fans. Alonzo and Mary. So thanks for rocking with us. As always, Dodgers Nation. We got, hey, DMAC, put Kike as backup catcher. Get rid of Barnes. Interesting. That's a fire take. That's a fire take because you know what? I love the out-of-the-box takes. I love the interesting takes. That certainly is one. Hashtag let Kike catch. Get that movement going once again. He can catch. He can pitch. Hey, forget Shohei Otani. got Kike Hernandez, right? He was... Otani before Otani. No, I'm just playing. But uh, Silver Lake in the building. Let's go Dodgers. What up, Jay Smooth? David Gaslam. What up, D-Mac? We got Joseph Garcia. What's up from Mesa, Arizona? Raised in South LA. Let's go Dodgers. By the way, if you are not subscribed to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game, Join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and if you really want to support the channel, hit that like button. We just gave away a brand new, authentic, number 17, Shohei Otani jersey, and we have another giveaway coming up very soon, and if you want to be eligible for all of our giveaways, all you have to do is, one, be subscribed to the channel, and two, comment done down below. So we're finalizing our next giveaway. We'll have some more news on that very soon, so be on the lookout for that. But like I said, if you are not subscribed, join over 80,000 Dodgers fans in this community here, and you will be eligible for those giveaways. We got Rosamond, California, the LAX area, Jackie Q, Seattle, Washington, Ricky Vasquez. Hey, LA looks like Seattle today, man. It's raining here in Los Angeles. I'm in Downey, a.k.a. the Mexican Beverly Hills, Kermit 1. It's fire tank. Uh, Fontana, we got AKA Otani second home. South Pasadena, Will Shin. That's where the studio is located. Might be a part of the live studio audience one day, Will Shin. But let's get right into it. So we're going to talk James Paxton here. And if you saw this, the Dodgers went back and due to a health issue that surfaced, they have modified the deal for the Dodgers' newest signing in left-handed pitcher James Paxton. If you look at the restructured deal... It has it where in a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. He can make a $2 million bonus if he's a part of the active roster for the opening series in Seoul, Korea, or against the St. Louis Cardinals on March 28th on opening day. So if he's a part of that active roster, if he's a part of the opening day roster, he will get a $2 million bonus. If not, Paxton can still earn an extra $1 million bonus if he's on the active roster by April 15th, Jackie Robinson Day, and he can also make an additional $1 million if he's on the active roster by that date, and he makes 20 starts. So basically, this was a way for the Dodgers to protect themselves that he's someone that, okay, if he goes out there and he has success, he makes 20 starts, he's a part of that active roster, he's going to earn that money, can still earn up to $13 million in that contract. Of course, he is a Scott Boris guy, and he can still get those performance bonuses. So I see people freaking out around there saying, oh, this is Andrew Friedman collecting 
Tommy John injured pitchers. Pitchers have had Tommy John like he's collecting baseball cards. No, this is not that. This is the Dodgers doing what they do and rolling the dice on upside. And that is exactly what James Paxton has. And like I said, these incentives are a way for him to get those performance bonuses, right? Make the active roster, make 20 starts. Also, he can make $600,000 for crossing certain star thresholds. 6, 8, 10, 12, and 16 starts in 2024 and an extra million dollars if he makes 18. So look, we've seen contracts like this in the past. This is nothing new. This is not a big shocker out there. I don't think this is an indication that he's someone that is going to be pitching with the check engine light on or anything like that. But this is someone who has dealt with significant injuries in the past. He's someone that has struggled to stay on the mound. But still, when I look at with James Paxton and the positive spin on this is one you get a left-handed starter that's not expected to be your ace or your number two or your number three not even your number four right he's someone that you just want him to pitch well when he's healthy and when he's healthy we saw last season he was right up there putting up Garrett Cole numbers for the first part of the season I mean that's just the truth so in all actuality first 10 games First 10 games from James Paxton, he posted a 273 ERA, a 346 expected FIP, a sub one whip, a 29.1 strikeout rate, a 6.4 walk rate. So yes, it was just 10 starts. Yes, he did deal with injuries after that. But still, this is someone that when he's healthy, he has proven to be effective. And I still think it was the right signing to do. I think that this Dodgers team, yes, you have the ability to go out there with Andrew Friedman and the front office and the baseball ops department, they can find guys that are a little more reliable, right? Guys that you can count on for 125 plus innings and go swing a trade for a veteran. I was mentioning Shane Bieber a few months back to take on that role. But if you do that, you don't give some of these young studs, some of these up and coming Dodgers pitchers, the opportunity that they need. If you want to develop these young pitchers, the Gavin Stones, the Michael Groves, the Emmett Sheehan's, the Landon Knacks, the Nick Frossos, all these young guys that have tons of talent that deserve opportunities. Even Kyle Hurt, I think, is going to be a factor by the end of this season. I think Kyle Hurt is going to be someone that could be a weapon for the Dodgers late in the year coming out of the bullpen. Well, if you're going to go to that six-man rotation, which you already set yourself up for, and you don't necessarily always have to do it, but based on how the schedule breaks early in the season towards May and June, they're going to be certain moments there where you're going to want to go with the six-man rotation. Well, you sign a Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He's someone who pitches once a week. That is what he's used to. I talked to Jose Moda, and Moda told me that one of the things he wanted to see with Yoshinobu Yamamoto is that they keep into his Japanese schedule. They keep him to that routine. They adhere to that because, look, let's not forget, he's still young. He's still trying to transition from the NPB, the second-best league on the planet, to the show, the best league on the planet so it's going to be an adjustment no matter what and then also you keep guys fresh Tyler Glass now hasn't made more than 21 starts in a season he hasn't pitched more than 120 innings in a season he made both those career highs last season Glass now told us a little over a month ago that he wanted to set a new career high when it came to innings pitched and game started but I think the idea is you want to keep guys healthy and it's a lot of talk out there a lot of chatter that Walker Buehler, he might even be on the IL when the season starts. He might be on the IL when the season begins. So you want to have as much depth as you possibly can. Paxton still made all the sense in the world. I don't think that this 
contract situation where he had to modify his deal is going to impact how they viewed him as a pitcher. The Dodgers and Scott Boris, who's James Paxton's agent, they did agree, though. They did agree to reduce the $11 million in guarantees to $7 million in guarantees. So now that really is the big takeaway, is that the Dodgers, if everything craters, if it's an absolute fail, they're only on the hook for $7 million, right? So the performance bonuses are in there for a reason. Paxton wants to set himself up for a better payday in the future. He's still just 35 years of age. So I am not mad at this at all. This doesn't change my opinion one way or the other. You need to go out there, add another starting pitcher, add a lefty, Add a guy that has upside where if everything goes to plan, you're going to come out on top. You're going to get great value from it. And then, yes, if there are some limitations from an inning standpoint, Bobby Miller's never pitched over 125 innings in a season. Walker Buehler's coming back from a second Tommy John. We talked about Glass on Yamamoto. Then you give those guys the ability to develop. I think one of the big keys to the beginning of the season is how Emmett Sheehan starts this year. Emmett Sheehan has explosive stuff. Emmett Sheehan has electricity on the mound. And I think for him, you don't want to burn him out. You don't want him to make him your fifth starter. That's not what he's built for. I think you want to maintain that flexibility with Emmett Sheehan. Have him as your swing man. Have him get some spot starts here and there. I think you see Michael Grove get some spot starts here and there. And look, you know the old adage, you can never have enough pitching. Well, that's absolutely true in this situation. But let me know down below in the comments section, what are your thoughts on them modifying James Paxton's contract? And which of these young guys do you think are going to step up? I think, look, we were just at the stadium, saw Gavin Stone and Michael Grove and all these young guys getting in work, throwing. And I think that you're going to see big leaps from some of these guys. Not all of them aren't going to go out there and have Cy Young seasons or All-Star seasons or anything like that, but you're looking for contributions in a specific role. I think there is a specific role for a guy like Michael Grove, where you saw his velocity increase when he was coming out of the bullpen, where you saw his confidence grow as the year progressed. I think he's someone that probably doesn't have the stuff and the consistency with his mechanics and his command to be a starter that's going to go six or seven innings or even five innings. I mean, at the very best, he's going to be a number four or five starter. But out of the bullpen, he's someone that has some stuff. He's got the stuff that plays about the pen. And Emmett Sheehan is going to be a weapon. So I still think this was a great move by the Dodgers. Doesn't change my opinion at all. We got Columbus, Ohio, Terry Davis, Buckeye State, OH, Chino, California. Boyd in the comments. We got... stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home angel correa from sacramento leonard blanco hey dmac put kike's okay we got that one already let's go down here rep in la from nyc bc that's a pretty good segue because I want to talk about a restaurant in BC, in NYC, BC, in a couple seconds here. Adam 818, Shohei Otani, Samuel Ellis Puig, back to back championships. We got Damian Leone, Jackie Robinson statue, destroyed thoughts. Yeah. I mean, what an absolute terrible, awful situation. I'll talk about that for a second. Of course, if you don't know, a Jackie Robinson statue was destroyed 
in Wichita. It actually took place last Thursday. I guess the media attention didn't get a ton of traction until the last couple of days, but yeah, I mean, it was originally at the baseball field at McAdams Park in Wichita, Kansas, and look, this is a terrible story. I mean, this is a iconic figure that is beyond iconic. He's an American hero. He is an American hero that you look at the inspiration he provides for little leaguers. They should look at a Jackie Robinson statue, right? Jackie Robinson should be ubiquitous at all little league fields. And they actually raised $50,000 for that life-size statue. And the most recent update on it is on Tuesday, Wichita police, they responded to a call in nearby Garvey Park. And the police reported that there was a fire in a trash can in which the dismantled and burned portions of the Robinson statue were found. There's a surveillance video that has pointed to a truck that was involved and it's so, yeah, this is an absolute travesty. This is disgusting. This is something that should never take place. I don't know what the motivation was behind it, but Jackie Robinson should be universally beloved, universally celebrated. We celebrate his birthday. We celebrate Jackie Robinson Day. And whoever was behind this, that's just absolutely awful and you hate to hear it. But uh, hopefully we get more news on it. And the good news, though, last time I checked, there was a GoFundMe where they had already raised $164,000 to replace it. So, hey, I say you replace it with a bigger one. Put more of them all over Wichita, Kansas. Wherever this guy lives, put five in his front yard. I don't know. I think whatever you got to do for this guy, what an absolute joke of a human being who would ever try to do that to a Jackie Robinson statue. Man, it's a hot place, and you know where for guys like that. But uh, down below in the comment section, what are your thoughts? Here we got to Baker, California. The baseball gods are all in with the Dodgers. That's from J underscore smooth. What up, DMAC? What up, Brian Gudino? Can Dodgers baseball be back already? AC, look, it feels like it almost is. I mean, I, am I the only one that's getting that feeling that baseball is just right around the corner feeling? It really hit me this week. Hit me this week. It feels like before we know it, we're going to be hearing the crack of the bat, the pop of the mitt. We got Dodger Fest on Saturday. There's a lot of Dodgers community events that have been going on all week. Dodger baseball is very much in the air. It's only a matter of time. And just get ready, Dodgers fans, because this is the most anticipated Dodgers season in franchise history. I mean, what a time to be a Dodgers fan. I mean, it's going to be absolutely electric. And I want to play a clip from a few hours ago when we were at Dodger Stadium for a financial literacy workshop that was hosted by Mookie Betts and the great Kirsten Watson. The Dodgers do a fantastic job bringing in different communities and high schools. And there was a lot of people there asking great questions. Jordan, I mean, these questions were so impressive what they were asking. I mean, these kids are going to own mansions. Like by the time they're like 20, I was so impressed by the questions that these kids were asking. And it was a really awesome event. And Mookie Betts was there and I caught up with Mookie Betts and talked to him a little about it. Here's what he had to say. All right, Mookie, we're at a financial literacy workshop. No one knows how to spend money better than the Dodgers. How would you assess their off-season spending? And how excited are you to get the season going? I mean, you want to say this is why you sign with the Dodgers. They're going to give you an opportunity to win. Um, and uh, but when it comes to the kids, uh, you know, I think just understanding the value of a dollar and, and, and how to balance checkbooks, how to just do normal things and uh, I, th I think giving them tools for actual life and not necessarily just solving problems and I think that's a very important 
Yeah, and you've always kind of had your eye for the future as far as the next generation, growing the game, one of the more popular players in the game, you got the podcast. How important is it for you to inspire the next generation of baseball fans, and how big of an impact do you think you and Otani, Freeman, this group can have for just growing the game of baseball? I mean, I think we, we can have a huge impact on it, but um, you know, we just have to be intentional. And, you know, I think uh, it's got to be real. It's got to be real. And people sense when things are fake and when it's forced. And, uh, you know, for me, nothing's fake or, and, and or, or you know, this is what I enjoy, what I enjoy um, teaching and, and all these type of things. And so I have a lot of people around me that, that help me, and that's what we do. Awesome. And last question here, Financial Literacy Workshop, of course, one thing I want to ask you is, what was your first big splurge when you signed your first big contract, Mookie? Oh, man. I don't remember. Did you get jewelry? Was it the necklace? I think I got a, a necklace. I, no, it may have been a car. I think it was a car. I got a Cadillac. A okay, Cadillac, like nice. Okay. I don't even remember what Cadillac was. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Back in the day. Awesome. Hey, well, thank you so much for everything you do for the community. Appreciate it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we're back. So Mookie Betts, congratulations. And the Dodgers, what an incredible event. Lots of lots of positive vibes there. A lot of kids learning about the future. Dodgers just do an incredible job, second to none, when it comes to what they do in the community. And Mookie, I mean, I kind of try to swing a question in there about this team the best way I could about the offseason the Dodgers have had. And yeah, when it comes to financial literacy, no one knows how to spend money better than the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have committed over $1 billion in players this offseason. Got guys like Otani and Yamamoto, Glass now trade. I mean, the Teoscar signing. You bring back Joe Kelly and Jason Hayward, and you sign James Paxson. This is a team that wants to win. I think the thing that really stands out is Mookie said, that's why you signed with the Dodgers. That is why you signed with the Dodgers, because you know that the Dodgers, they're going to spend big. They're going to go out there and going to be involved in all the big free agents that they think can help this team. But when it comes to financial literacy, the Dodgers are smart. They only spend when they want to. They only spend on players they love. They don't spend on players they like. That's why they didn't try to bring in a Carlos Correa or a Dansby Swanson or players of that ilk. They only go big game hunting, right? They go for the big whales, the Otanis, the Mookies, the Freddies, guys that aren't just great players, but also are superstars on and off the field. Players that you want to come watch see. You want to pay to see Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Shohei Otani. That's what I've always said about this Dodgers organization is they have the money to spend on players they like, but they don't do that. They save and they spend money on players they love. They don't care about going out there and getting players just to get them. They spend on the right guys, and that's why this is a team that's set up nicely to go on deep runs. And I see people, that's a, uh, someone said down below in the comments, it looks like I interrupted Mookie from bowling, okay, that's a bruh. First of all, Mookie bruh. has his bowling, his bowling charity event this Saturday. We will be in attendance, but look, it's okay for Mookie to bowl, okay? Uh, let's just look. Otani's at the stadium 24-7. We heard from someone at the stadium that he's pretty much been there, it feels like, every single day 
this offseason, yeah, Mookie has to have a hobby. Mookie can go out there and bowl as long as he's going out there and being productive. Let's not forget, Mookie put together an MVP season. Only problem is he tailed off after August. And I've always said, I want to see Mr. October, not Mr. August. But look, it's okay that he bowls. Let's not get mad at him. Look, let's not forget Michael Jordan in 1993. He was golfing in between games with Charles Barkley. They golfed like 100 holes, and Jordan scored 56 the very next game. Okay, so Michael Jordan can golf, and they could put up 56. So the only thing for Mookie is if you're going to bowl, I guess, make sure you're going going three for four with a couple dingers, right, and you're still being productive. So you don't subject yourself to that criticism. But, yeah, Mookie's the man talking about his card, too. I like that. A Cadillac, a chain. I was telling Mookie, hey, you should be an NBA franchise owner one day. I want to see Mookie as the owner of the Grizzlies at some point. But now I got some more comments down below. We're going to switch topics here because I see people talking about it's over 12, only 47 days until the Korea series. Let's go Dodgers. Jason Diamond, he wouldn't know. He's too busy bowling instead of working on. You guys are just rough on Mookie. Come on now. Mookie is still one of the top five to ten, five to seven best players in baseball. Okay. You're going to love them. I think that let's talk about this too. I mean, just on a little bit of a tangent here, you're going to love the fact that what did I say after the season when it came to Mookie Betts? And that was that he needs someone to take the pressure off a little bit, to take the, take a lot of the tension, not just off the field, not just from a, a PR standpoint, but also on the field. And this team has been too top heavy, right? Too top heavy and to Mookie Reliant. The record indicates that. The record when Mookie scores a run versus when he does it in the postseason, I mean, it drops from a close to 800 winning percentage down to the high 300s, right? The impact is staggering when he isn't able to have success. And you look at the year he had last year, he was absolutely incredible as a player. I mean, Mookie hit 307, 39 home runs, 107 RBI, 8.3 F war, B war also 8.3. Let's not forget too. Let's not forget that this is someone who his 8.3 wins above replacement. That was still number one in the national league that beat everyone, including Ronald Acuna jr. He still had a higher war than Ronald Acuna jr. Hit 39 home runs, had over hundred RBIs. He was elite. It's just, we want to see it at the end of the season. A lot of recency bias for Mookie Betts. And one thing before we change topics, one last thought on Mookie Betts I want to point out is J.D. Martinez played a big role in the elite season that Mookie Betts had last year. As soon as J.D. Martinez signed with the Dodgers, he called Mookie. And he made Mookie tell him that he was going to win the MVP. J.D. Martinez was not going to end that conversation and hang up until Mookie told him again and again that he was going to win MVP. And J.D. Martinez told Mookie that they were going to work hard every single day and get back to what they were doing in 2018, where they were grinding every single day. And Mookie even admitted as such, saying, look, you know what? I kind of was relying on feel and getting to the ballpark and Mookie would put in a lot of work with J.D. Martinez, and you saw the kind of year he had. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Mookie produces this year without J.D. Martinez back in Dodger Blue. Is that going to have a lasting impact? Will he be grinding every single day? Will he continue doing what he did with J.D. Martinez? So just something to think about. But uh, down below in the comments section, got Mookie always brings Mookie, Mookie. That's from Jay Smooth. We got uh, Jason Diamond. 
We got Mookie getting in the batting cage so you can hit this postseason. Okay, like ease off my man Mookie Betts, okay? Ease off. Okay, let's not forget, Mookie Betts is going into the Hall of Fame with a Los Angeles Dodgers hat on his plaque, okay? Let's not forget that. We got um, Mookie should learn how to hit. Okay, I'm going to just skip the Mookie ones. MJ had three rings when he was golfing, DMAC, Alex Ranteria. That is a good point, and he's someone that he was on the, the way to his third ring. It would have been his third ring against the Suns. He had beaten the Lakers and the Trailblazers and then the Suns. And yeah, look, Mookie has two World Series. Okay, Mookie, 2018, 2020. He's an MVP, so it's not like act like Mookie hasn't won anything. Uh, Mookie, when it comes to the playoffs, he is not a star. He and Freemets from Bruce A. Ray says, Mookie. Edwin says, I'll be at Camelback Ranch Presidents Weekend. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm not sure what weekend that is, but I will be there in mid-February, right at the start of spring training. But uh, Roy Estrada, I like this, says, Mookie has nothing to do with struggling. Bowling has nothing to do with struggling in the postseason. Mookie will shove bowling balls down your throats in 2024. Okay, I'm going to give you a finish him right there. That sounds like a fatality in Mortal Kombat. Roxy's CIA just reported the D-backs are preparing a crying Kershaw meme for their scoreboard. Oh, well, let's see how that worked out for the San Diego Padres. They were victims of the Clayton Kershaw. Great show, Doug. Peace. Thanks, Daniel. Asford. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Steven Otani has taken the pressure out Mookie and Freeman as well. Steven Lopez, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more because Mookie is someone that likes to go do work, play ball, put in time, and he doesn't necessarily like to do all the media obligations. And he doesn't, I don't think, necessarily enjoy some of the attention from that standpoint. I think he's been fantastic on his podcast uh, with Kirsch, with Freddie. I think you're going to see, hopefully, I hope you get Otani on his podcast. The episode with Mike Trout was incredible. So I think what he's done with his podcast, I love the podcast. I watch every episode. And I think it's great for baseball to have someone like that stepping up and growing the game from that standpoint. But Having Otani get a lot of that attention, I think it's going to allow Mookie to focus on what he does best. It's going out there and playing baseball, which he did at an elite level last season. Only problem is he didn't take that into September and October. We needed him to time that peak, like what we heard from Chris Taylor on the show a couple of days ago, that sometimes you're just not feeling right at the wrong time. We need Mookie to feel right at the right time. Like I said, Mr. October, not Mr. August when he had those 51 hits last season. Mexican Austin Barnes, Judge and Ronald hit like crap in the postseason in their MVP seasons. Mookie is still a top five player. That is a fire take from Mexican Austin Barnes out there. But Austin Barnes is Mexican. Played for Team Mexico. One for 21. That's from Alex. Ouch. You're bringing your facts to the fight. Alex, I see you. I see you. Look, it's a very small sample size, right? It's a very small sample size relative but yeah you can't go over you can't be milk box mookie there if you have seen mookie please return to 1000 vince scully avenue well i saw him today he's back he's there someone returned him so he's gonna be back and he's gonna have a big year what's the next move did i miss that's from linda i think right now the next move for the dodgers could possibly be do they look to unload manuel margot is that a move they consider making do they consider trading him when you look at his contract, they got $2 million from the Rays, possibly $4 million. They have the mutual option for him next season at $12 million. 
Do you want to give him that kind of money or do you want to look to trade him and bring in a Kike Hernandez? Do you want to continue to look at ways to fortify this bullpen if Ryan Brazier becomes available at the right price? Do you want to explore a trade to add another bullpen piece? But I still think early on this season, you are going to lean on some of the young arms in this organization. And when you look at the farm, you got these guys, they have a ton of talent. And you don't want to tell other teams out there that have this reputation of the Dodgers that they're this elite farm system. Oh, if you're so elite, why aren't you comfortable pitching Kyle Hurt and Grove and Stone and Sheehan and Knack and Frost and all these guys, right? What does that say about their trade value? So I think there's some gamesmanship early on. I mean, who's to say that you won't see one of those guys traded at midseason after they've built up their value early in the season. Let's say if Landon Knack gets an opportunity. Landon Knack is someone that could help a lot of teams out there. There's a lot of teams out there that would love to have the talent in the Dodgers farm system in their system, on their team. So I wouldn't rule that out. You have to fact that as well. Do you want to build trade value early in the year so you can cash in at the deadline? We got Mookie MVP year incoming. That's from Daniel Macy. That's a fire take, Daniel, over on YouTube. Appreciate that. We got Nando 390, DMAC. What up? First of all, Nando. DMAC, the Paxton signing is the thing that worries me. Why not just make the insurance trade for Luzardo now? Look, Luzardo's under three more years of team control. He's the hardest throwing lefty starter in Major League Baseball. He's someone that would not come cheap. He's someone where you had to have to absolutely include a lot of your top prospects to get a deal done for. And there's no indication that the Miami Marlins, maybe they're listening. Maybe they're willing to do business and they're open for business. I get that. But a lot of these teams claim to be open for business. But when you hear their asking price, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like if you're going up to a Porsche that's $150,000, $200,000, and the guy wants a million dollars for it, right? You're like, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, these are unrealistic deals, right? And I think that the Marlins are a team that they have a lot of assets that hopefully they consider dealing at some point in the season that could help the Dodgers. But you also have to factor in as well the return of Clayton Kershaw. But yeah, Luzardo's elite. I mean, Luzardo is someone that a lot of teams would want. There was a rumor a few weeks ago that was reported by Robert Murray. The New York Yankees were inquiring about Jesus Luzardo. So if the Miami Marlins truly made him available and shopped him to multiple teams, there would be a bidding war. And yeah, he could help the Dodgers for sure, but if you bring in Luzardo, he's someone that you're going to want 125 plus innings from. And then how do you develop these young prospects as far as the pitchers? And do you include those pitchers in a deal for Luzardo, right? So these are things that you have to consider. I think maintaining some flexibility to address needs during the season also has to be something they have to factor in as well, okay? You don't want to have a completely finished product now. You want to maintain a little bit of flexibility and try to get some some pieces during the season if you can do just that because the asking price is going to be sky high sky high asking price and most likely they're not going to be available but we got gary a so he didn't put as much work in as he should be carlos gomez what's going on with james paxton contract is he injured so we talked about that at the top of the show if show if so if you want to go back and rewind that like i said he still has a maximum value of $13 million with those performance bonuses that we detailed early in the show. But the guarantee went from $11 million down to $7 million. But real quickly, the Dodgers are just protecting themselves. They talked about HIPAA considerations. They asked Scott Boris and the Dodgers about the 
issues and they both mentioned HIPAA considerations. So they weren't going to get into detail as to why they did it specifically, but it just gives them a little more protection if things don't work out. When you talk about a pitcher like James Paxton that has had a checkered injury history, to put it nicely in the last few seasons, this makes sense after you kind of dive into the medicals. So I'm not worried at all about it because they still have depth. And look, if they need to go out there and add another pitcher, they could do that. So you can never end up pitching and it's worth the roll of the dice, especially when you look at their contract and their salary right now. I mean, the Dodgers salary, if you look at their overall team salary right now, you're looking at a projected payroll to be almost at $308 million per fan graphs. That's $307.5 million. Cots baseball has it at $314.2 million counted against that CBT. So, yeah, you're talking about big money in a roster that is built to withstand injuries and some performance issues. So they really protected themselves. But, yeah, Nando, just to get back to your point, those are warranted. You should, you could feel that way. I'm not mad at you for having it. When you wake up at 3.30 in the morning in a cold sweat and you're thinking of this contract and this player – Fine, if you want to think that, but it's a one-year deal, right? This is not going to hurt the Dodgers. This is a drop in the bucket for them. It's just you want him to work out. But I will remind you that he's pitched 21 and two-thirds innings in the last three seasons. So that definitely is a, a cause for concern. But, hey, what I always say about the Dodgers, if they like it, I love it. They like it, so I love it. But uh, now we're going to change topics here because when we get back, there is a Restaurant in Brooklyn, a Mexican restaurant in Brooklyn. I didn't even know those existed. A Mexican restaurant in Brooklyn that has a very offensive troll job on display that's going towards Clayton Kershaw. A Mexican restaurant in Brooklyn trolls Clayton Kershaw. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live. Thank you for rocking with us. If you're not subscribed to the channel, please go ahead and do that. Join the party. Over 80,000 Dodgers fans, the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game. Just an update on our poll question about James Paxton and if he's going to have a good year for the Dodgers. What kind of season is James Paxton going to have for the Dodgers? 7% of you say elite. 46% say good. 43% say average. 4% say bad. I should have just had the bad one as Noah Syndergaard. 4% say Noah Syndergaard. But got, have to get to this next story. There's a Mexican restaurant in Brooklyn, New York that has this picture on display. Let's run this real quick. There we go. Look at this right here. Look at this. Choking victim. Ask, are you choking? And you have Clayton Kershaw choking himself. You got a little Heimlich maneuver job right there. And look. You get the bottom, there's some information, some details. Person 
stops restoring. I mean, this is just, I can't tell you how pissed off this made me. This really triggered me that of all places, of all places, Brooklyn, the home of the Los Angeles Dodgers, a Mexican restaurant. First of all, a Mexican restaurant in Brooklyn. That just doesn't even sound right. Only thing that's going to be choking is the people at that restaurant choking on Brooklyn Mexican food. I mean, who wants to eat Brooklyn Mexican food? Actually, I ate the, actually read some of the reviews on Yelp. It actually has pretty good reviews. Originally, I was going to read some of their bad reviews, but they don't actually have too many. The carne asada burrito actually looks pretty fire, but still, to have a picture of that, Clayton Kershaw choking, ask yourself, are you choking? It's totally offensive, and I just don't understand where it comes from. I mean, is this even a baseball-themed restaurant? Is this a restaurant that's a Dodgers-centric restaurant? I mean, look... He's someone who we know. I mean, we know that Clayton Kershaw has had his good starts. He's had his bad starts in the postseason. He's had his 2013, 2014 NLDS starts. We've seen the NLCS, and we've seen him struggle. I mean, we got, I mean, the one that really hurts me, 2013 NLCS Game 6. 2013 NLCS Game 6, four innings, seven earned runs, five strikeouts. I mean, he got lit up in that game. He's going up against Michael Walker. I'll never forget that game. This is someone who was the Cy Young Award winner, the ERA leader that season. He never had surrendered more than eight hits for the entire year, and he goes out there, and he just gets absolutely rocked against the Cardinals in that one. And then, of course, 2014 NLDS game one goes six and two-thirds innings, gives up eight earned runs. Of course, that game, Don Mattingly, Left him out there way too long. He's had his bad starts. He has absolutely had his bad starts, but I also think it's a little more complicated than just that. If you look at some of his expected numbers in the postseason, his expected FIP, his FIP versus some of the stranded runners that Dodgers bullpen pieces just couldn't go out there and help him out with. I mean, it's just a little more complicated than that. And is he a choker? No. I think a choker, that is a term where you look like you just can't handle the moment. I think he goes out there and competes. He was put in some bad situations. I mean, 2019, for example, he had no business coming out of the bullpen and facing another round of batters, Rendon and Soto. He had no business going back out there after an up-down. I mean, he went out there, got Adam Eaton. Boom, that was it. You'll give it to Caleric versus Soto. You had Joe Kelly, who ends up getting with that bomb, that grand slam to Howie Kendrick. So, look, it was a disaster. I just think that he's been put in bad situations. He hasn't been the greatest postseason pitcher. I'm not saying that Clayton Kershaw is prime Sandy Koufax with a sub-one postseason ERA. I'm not saying that he is one of the best postseason pitchers in baseball history, but he's had, had solid starts. He's had, had really good starts. I mean, look at game one of the 2017 World Series, 11 punch outs, no walks. He was the first pitcher to do that since Don Newcomb back in the 50s. So he's someone that could have a World Series MVP on his shelf. He could have a World Series MVP on his shelf had the Trastros not been cheating. He was cruising in game four, the Astros weren't swinging at any of his breaking pitches. Guriel, he goes deep, and the wheels fall off. And that series, let's say Clayton Kershaw finishes that game, and he gives you another seven strong, another strong performance in that game. There is a universe where Clayton Kershaw 
would have won the World Series MVP. And if that was the case, even if it was just for one, even if it was just for one postseason run, and it was the World Series, and he's shown the ability to shut down one of the best lineups we've ever seen, and they were cheating, the narrative would be completely different. The narrative would not be the same. And I'm not here being Kershaw's white knight here. I'm not a white a Kershaw white knight that's out to defend him. I'm not saying he's the best postseason pitcher of all time or anything like that, but I just think it's a lot more complicated than to say he's a choker or you have to put a sticker on his hat saying and with a choking hazard or something like that. I mean, I think that's incredibly disrespectful. And like I said, game one of the World Series, he goes seven innings, gives up three hits, allowed one run, and he was cruising. He was fantastic. I was at that game. Everything just felt like it was right in the world of Dodger baseball. It felt like they were going to win that World Series. I remember they had bat the to Bregman, fourth inning, 1-1 count, fastball, left it out of the plate. Bregman hit it for a home run. But outside of that, he was fantastic in that game. And then you jump to game four. Go about If you're a masochist like myself, go back and watch game four of the 2017 World Series. That game was on crack. That game was one of the most ridiculous games in the history of Major League Baseball. It was, like I said, it was like bowling with bumpers on watching that game, the way the offense was so explosive for the Houston Trastros. And unfortunately, he's a victim of that. So he's had a lot of bad luck. He's had bad luck with Dodgers relievers not being able to go out there and take care of business when he exits the game. He's had bad luck with balls in play. He said, if you look at his FIP versus ERAs, expected numbers, he's had bad luck there. So I think that the reason why people consider him a choker, quote unquote, those haters that do that is just because the only version of Clayton Kershaw they're comparing him to is the three-time Cy Young Award winner, the MVP, the pitcher that has the lowest ERA in the modern era, sub 2-5, right? A guy that is clearly one of the very best pitchers in the history of the sport, along with Verlander and Max Scherzer, the pitcher of his generation. They hold him to that standard, and when they see him not have success, in the postseason, and you see some of those meltdowns that we mentioned and some of those bad starts, well, you pin that on him and you remember and magnify the rough outings. You don't talk about his 13 strikeout game against the Brewers in 2020. You don't talk about how he pitched very well against the Tampa Bay Rays in the 2020 World Series. You don't talk about those starts or some of his starts he had against the Atlanta Braves and some of the strong performance that he did have. So you don't really talk about him coming out there in game five and getting closing it out there against the Nationals. You just kind of remember the bad stuff because you're trying to paint a narrative. But I think the biggest thing for Clayton Kershaw and kind of wrapping this part up is that he's almost a victim of the Dodgers' success. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is someone that he's pretty much pitched an entire whole season just in the postseason, right? I mean, hey, you, no one can say Shohei Otani's bad in the postseason because he's never been, Right. Mike Trout, no one talks about his postseason numbers because he hasn't had many opportunities, right? What if Clayton Kershaw had the same level of success on the Angels but only had one opportunity to play in the postseason? You would be talking about Clayton Kershaw as the best player to never get an opportunity to win a World Series, right? But the fact is he's been in one of the most stable organizations that's had a lot of sustained success, 11 straight postseason appearances, and for a good stretch of that, 
They leaned on Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw was making starts on short rest. He was left in games too long by Don Mattingly because you didn't have Otani and Freeman and Mookie Betts, right? I mean, a lot of this is timing. I mean, just imagine if Clayton Kershaw was 2013, 2014 Kersh. What if it was 2013, 2014 Kersh, a guy that led the league in strikeouts in 2011, 248. Guy that led the league in strikeouts in 2013. Had a 301 strikeout season in 2015. A 199 FIP. He led the league in strikeouts per nine. Someone who was the best pitcher on the planet. What if he was in his absolute prime during the same offseason when you brought in Otani and you had Betts and Freeman, right? There would be a better chance that you'd have postseason success. So I think it's just a little more complicated than that. But like I said... A lot of it has to do with the whole man in the arena, right? He is that man in the arena, so he subjects himself to a little more criticism We don't perform well in those moments. I mean, if you look at him in the postseason, 13 and 13, a 449 ERA, 194 in the thirds innings. 194 in the thirds innings work. I mean, that is almost two seasons for pitchers these days. And yep, he's had his down moments for sure. He's also had strong starts as well. I'm just saying it's a little more complicated than that. I mean, you look at his last start in the NLDS where he gave up six runs, only was able to record one out. It was literally statistically the worst start of his professional career. Most pitchers in Major League Baseball in 2023, they're already weeks into rehab because they've already undergone season-ending surgery. Kerr said, you know what? You need me, right? Bueller's out. We have Lance Lynn going in game three. Lance Lynn just gave up another home run. I mean, they needed him and he was willing to take on the challenge. And unfortunately, that further inflates his postseason statistics and makes it look worse than it already is. But still, hey, I look at that. He's a World Series champion. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, three-time Cy Young Award winner. He's going to go down as one of the best pitchers in the history of baseball. 56 strikeouts shy of 3,000. Not many lefties have thrown 3,000 strikeouts. He'll be the 20th pitcher overall to accomplish that feat. So, yeah, don't listen to the haters. Hey, if you don't have any haters, it means you're not doing anything, right, Jordan? But a uh, couple more comments here. Uh, we got, uh, come on, DMAC. Of course, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, come on, I love Brooklyn. But, I mean, come on, I'm just saying. I mean, the further away you get, I mean, honestly, it looked the Sada burritos like fire. Kanye Asada. We got, uh, what up, DMAC? I just smashed the like button. Thanks, Clayton. Appreciate you over there. That's funny and true. Ouch. This is classes from Roy Estrada. Here's the thing. You guys know about this show. We have the comments on the screen. This is not an echo chamber. If you want to say that, hey, it's your opinion. I'm not going to hide it. Uh, Kirsch should pull up to that restaurant and do what? <laughs> do what? Go in there and throw it down, break everything. NYC is just bitter because their city's best sport in years is way behind them. Yeah, they're probably mad. Dodgers still left them. Mexican restaurant in Brooklyn. They probably serve taco rats. <laughs> That's a fire take. Uh, just, just mad we left. They asked for LA title town. That's from Showtime LA. Brooklyn. Okay, for sure. We got uh, Brooklyn is still mad. The Dodgers went to a better city. Call the health department on them. That's from Craig Osterberg. Yeah, they're probably like a C. Or something. Lance Jennings, doesn't that restaurant owner know what happened to the Padres when they messed with Kershaw? Bad karma. Yeah, it's probably not going to be another team in Brooklyn forever. But uh, the right field pavilion, I actually don't understand why Dodgers even posted the image of Kershaw choking on Facebook. DN should be above that kind of stuff. DN needs to think about 
you since you interview these players. Look, I mean, look, I think that it's more about getting the temperature of how people feel about it, how they react strongly in one way or another. I think for this situation, it's more newsworthy just because it actually exists at a restaurant. We actually need to kind of find out where and when I'm trying to find out what the reason is, what kind of restaurant it is. But yeah, point taken though. Uh, first, Jackie now Kirsch cockroaches coming out of the cupboards haters that is from Roy Estrada so last topic here guys and we're going to jam out of this one is I don't know if you saw this but uh, Vanessa Bryant she posted this fresh pair of Kobe sixes on her IG post it right there and why is it not going stand here um we got uh those are Kobe sixes they're super fire you got the red seams on the tongue these are the same ones that Natalia wore when she threw out the first pitch on Kobe night. <laughs> it's going back and forth, but you got to get the idea. You saw for a quick second. You got to get a screenshot, but we'll find out a way to leave that on the screen. But yeah, these would be a problem. These would be madness for fans trying to get these. And Nike, I think, needs to release these. Nike should absolutely release these Kobe sixes. To my, in my opinion, the Kobe sixes are the best performance basketball shoe of all time. Not even a close second, I think. From a casual standpoint, I'll go Kobe fours, but these Kobe sixes with the blue, with the eight on the side, with the seams on the tongue right there. This is a fire sneaker. So I absolutely want to see Nike release these. And honestly, at this point, Nike should just release the 824 Dodgers jersey. So people don't have to wear the fake one around Dodgers Stadium because that would be fire as well. But a couple more here. Was that no? Saw you post 805. Haters are going to hate. Win the World Series and silence the haters. Lance Jennings. Yeah, that is my hope. That is my dream. Not only do you win the World Series this season. Oh, there we go. We got the kicks. We got the kicks. But uh, we're good now. Um, <laughs> you guys see them. Those are fresh kicks. You guys like them? Would you guys, would you guys, uh, would you guys be mad on Sneakers app if you didn't get them? Uh, Kershaw did it to himself. Yeah, the Sneakers app. The Giants are like on Sneakers app. The Giants are taking more L's than I am on the sneakers app this season trying to get free agents. So yeah, that's probably going to be me for those Kobe's, but I have to get them. I needs them. I needs them. We got Alex Renteria. The knock on Kershaw too is that Mad Bum was brought in at different times in the postseason as won three World Series rings. We've never seen a dominant postseason from him. Yeah, I mean, look, it's rare to have a pitcher go just wire to wire, get that golden pitch like we saw that Madison Bumgarner had. But still, when you factor in the regular season and the postseason, Kirsch is still one of the best players, even if you're talking about an ERA that's almost double his regular season ERA. I will say it's very interesting that I remember during the press conference before the NLDS this year, and I was sitting right there, and Clayton Kershaw was talking about how he enjoys the postseason now, and it's not as much about the nerves and... To me, my read on that was like, man, I think the nerves were really, really impacting him during his prime. And I think there was just a lot of pressure on him at his peak to carry this team. Remember, you still have the drought, right? 1988. But I think that if you're the Dodgers, you need World Series titles. As great as this is, the Dodgers have the same amount of titles in the last 35 years as the Diamondbacks, right? As the Angels. That doesn't fly if you're an elite organization, right? So on paper... They have a lot of success, but they need to win more World Series titles. And the organization knows that. The players know that. And absolutely, I think Clayton Kershaw being a part of any World Series run this season would be a great way to go out. A great way to just ride off into the sunset 
with the World Series trophy. Be a part of it any way you can. But a couple more comments here, and we're going to let you guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday afternoon. And I've got some comments. Will we be at Dodger Fest? I will be at Dodgers Fest. Find me. I'm going to be by where a lot of the action is close to the stage. But uh, look forward to meeting some of you guys. Like I said, met a couple people at Dodger Stadium right now. It's always cool to meet people that rock with us on the show. We can't thank you guys enough. You're the reason why this show is what it is. DMAC, we need to move on from Barnes and bring up Cartaya. Rudy, I'll save that topic for tomorrow for sure. Thank you, DMAC. Brooklyn Love, that's from Yasser. Terry Brentall, let's just get the season started. Sign Kershaw for a 20-piece chicken nuggets. Man, that's a... Uh, 20-piece chicken nuggets are fire, but uh, I don't think you can get a Clay and Kershaw for that. But uh, Freddie is going to be even better this season. Hey, man, trying to top a 59 home run, a 59 double, 29 home run season. It's actually his best season of his career. Weighted runs created plus-wise. Kobe 6 Dodger edition. Anything on Sasaki, we talked about him yesterday. Never owned some Kobe's. Hey, they're tough to get. They're, like, impossible to get. You got to go to the aftermarket. You have to start a GoFundMe for some Kobe's these days. Uh, Sierra Brew... Kerfax will sign St. Patty's Day with his first start coming on September 1st. Who's going to Dodger Fest? Nike is the world's okay. But hey, DMAC, ask the Dodgers. Are they still going to do the Freddy when they get on base? Okay, we'll end on that one, Gus L. I'll throw you a Freddy on the way out. But thank you for tuning in to an afternoon edition of Dodgers Dugout Live. Stay tuned later. We're going to drop a video about our experience at Mookie Betts' event at Dodger Stadium. We might go live a little as well if anything goes down, but thanks again for rocking with us. If you haven't yet, by the way, subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel so you are eligible for all of our giveaways. Hit that like button. Comment down below on all your takes on all things Dodger baseball. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, whose house? I mean, think blue. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.